0: life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical
1: costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to
2: supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com november presents in the barber's chair a podcast dedicated to bring you real cuts and real conversations about men's health I'm Tim Lovejoy, and I'm your host. Movember wants men to take action to live happier, healthier, longer lives, and they invest in prostate cancer, testicular cancer, mental health, and suicide prevention.
1: Ben, we're at Ted's grooming room. You've just been groomed. I've just been groomed. You look amazing. To within an inch of my life. What do they do to you? Everything, even including the um, the best bit is it gets a stick with a. you know, a sort of rag on the end yeah. of it, sets light to it and burns off the hair inside your ears. It's funny, isn't it? When you get older and the hair starts <laughs> going... <laughs> hey. And he didn't ask me first <laughs> no, whether
2: no.
1: whether I needed that or not. He just knew I needed it. Yeah. yeah. How are you enjoying the ageing process? I enjoy the ageing process. I mean, I think when you can... Uh, Yeah, I think there's a hump, isn't there? I I feel I'm, I'm sorry to say, I feel I'm over now, which is sort of um, where it all gets a little bit, um, then it gets a little bit hairy. You know, I had a midlife crisis. I basically, um, I wrote science books. (laughs) Yeah, I wrote science books. I wrote two science books. I just kind of thought, what about, you know, my life could have been this, I could have done science, you know, I I, I should, you know, I should be doing, I should be studying science. They good though, though. I enjoyed them. Oh, yeah. they were fantastic. It was fantastic to do. I loved doing them. And then I sort of got to the end of them and I thought, what was that, what was that about? Um, and I realised that had been part of a sort of horrendous
2: midlife crisis. Because oh, I remember you coming on to, I think it was something for the weekend at the time, my, my yeah. show. And you, we started asking you questions from the viewers about science. Do you remember? Yes. And you, and you could
1: answer them all. Yeah. And I
2: think everybody was, was a bit like, <laughs> Hold on, this guy's just not, you know. It's like a I'm, dog
1: driving or something. Yes,
2: yeah, yeah. And, and I remember at the time was saying, you should do a book. And then the book, luckily yeah. you came on and promoted the book. I read it and it was yeah. great because you dumbed it down for stupid people like me. And I thought that was a good for idea. stupid people like me, actually.
1: But yeah, yeah, yeah I, I loved doing that, yeah.
2: But why it do you think that was part fun. of a midlife crisis though? Because
1: you sort of think about, yeah, you think, I think you do, because there's a point in your life when you sort of think, oh, right, so this is it this this is it this is what I've chosen and I think for a moment I sort of thought well is this enough should I have been doing other things should I have been doing you know I haven't you know I started my life as a scientist and I kind of thought well maybe you know I'm missing out on time I'm missing out on that I should kind of bring that back in and I'm really glad that I did and that's now definitely back in my life and it's a big part of my life and I'm you know I, I, I mean I've just written a children's book now it's a science fiction book it's about a boy who goes to a birthday party instead of a balloon they give him a black hole on a piece of string you know so I'm kind of still doing it I'm still doing science but it's sort of I think the point to get to the the crux of the matter which is about you that that midlife moment I think you're sort of thinking (laughs) it's past half time isn't it I mean it's 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 like you know you're over halfway through you're halfway through or you're in my case at that time, probably over halfway through. I remember being at a birthday party or a wedding or something and one of my mates who I hadn't seen for a while coming up to me going, halfway through. Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) Because
0: he literally hadn't seen me for
1: about 10, 15 years. And, you know, it was just a fantastic moment. It was like an existential Mm. jolt. Do you know what I mean? That's all he did. He just went,
2: yeah, halfway through. But Confucius says, doesn't he? Famously, he says, uh, "Every man has two lives." He was sexist. He always talked about it in the man in the man's world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> every man has two lives. The second one starts when he realises he only has one, and I think that's uh, yeah, where yeah. the midlife crisis happens. One day you wake up and go, "Holy shit, I'm going to die one day." And what yeah. I, do do you think? It, you start seeing people get. Ill around you, and you start hearing people getting cancer, and you people start dying, and, and yeah, you know, yeah, uh, that's uh, part you, of it. Isn't do you it? think that's what kicks kicks it in, or what do you think?
1: Why oh, do you well think it for, starts? For me, is I really think I didn't accept my own debt. I think I spent the first half of my life thinking I wasn't going to die. Wasn't going to die. You sort of feel sort of immor- it, it sort of trick. I did anyway. I don't know whether this is a general thing, but I sort of tricked myself into thinking. I'm immortal. I probably lived down 300. Probably, mm. You know, it's probably going to be great. There's going to be all this science and everything's going to be great. And you realise the age you are and you do some maths and you think, oh my God. Mm. <laughs> and then I think, I really panicked. I really, really panicked and I started to have a lot of, you know, I started to have a lot of panic attacks and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, as I say, you know, I found a way out. My way out was sort of writing these science books and kind of go, you know, reincorporating part of my life and, um, you know and, I, and I'm kind of um, listen if you told me I was going to die right now at the end of this interview yeah which um, you know I mean I don't know you might be st- I'm not be I know up- we're in a barber's but I'm not going to um,
2: yeah <laughs> no, no Sweeney Todd stuff going on here <laughs>
1: you might suddenly reach for a cutthroat <laughs> razor I mean it could get nasty I don't know yeah, I, well, I put a couple of foots wrong say something about Simon Rimmer you know what not I mean anything yeah. could happen What are panic attacks like? A panic attack is that I never know I'm going to have one before I have one. Um, and it can be like swirling down a sort of plug hole. And, and they can be quite mundane as well. They can be really, really mundane. Like my just, just my heart starts racing. I'm you, you panicking like I would if there was real, real and present danger, but there isn't any real and present danger. Or it can be like I just... Um, yeah, like, I feel like I go down an existential plug hole. I don't know who I am, what my name is, what I'm doing, where I am. I, li- I literally lose my grip on my own being. Sometimes I've, I've physically panicked and sort of run around a room, you know, like a, like a chicken in a slaughterhouse. Do you know what I mean? It's like a kind of... It seems to be different every single time. What brings them on? I think what it is, is I don't... Is I push too much stuff down i think i work too hard and i keep busy all the time and i don't feel things enough and so at some point that has to come out and it will just it you know whenever it senses a gap in the defense it will just like go for it it'll just come straight out so it could be anywhere i could be doing anything you know i could be sitting in the cinema i could be yeah you know you know not Rarely at work. Fun. This is this is why I think it's that. Is it's rarely at work. It's rarely when I'm doing something or I'm busy, you know. And I like to be busy. And I think that's a kind of, you know, that's probably part of it. Did you, know, you, you ever
2: have them your, yourself? I mean, you never have I've one. had anxiety, but I didn't know yeah. I had anxiety. This is why I asked you what it feels like. Yeah. I, I didn't actually know I had anxiety attacks. Um, I say attack. I don't lo- like to use the word attack anymore. and I don't like to say suffering. But I had no idea mm. I had anxiety attacks until I read Max Hay- Matt Haig's book um reasons to stay alive and he described mm. what anxiety was and suddenly i was like oh that's what i get but i did i just thought it was life because yes. i've had it always or not always but i've had it in in various different forms because it does come in different forms
1: do you get anxious about certain situations or is it is it like a general uh, i think it's
2: a feeling
1: and it's an emotion yes. i can't quite work
2: out why we why it happens for people, but then, then it changes the way I perceive well, but I know how to deal with it now. And it was, this is my next question for you. F- mm. uh, for me, it's to go home and really look after myself, be really selfish, go to bed, eat well, drink lots of fluids, sleep, rest. Yeah, so how yeah. do you deal with it when you know you've got a panic? Can you feel it coming well, on and how do you deal that with I was just
1: that? thinking really chimes with me because I have had a similar experience but through a different route, is, is I started about a year ago. I'm coming up to a year now. I started meditating. I do 20 minutes in the morning and I do 20 minutes at the end of you know like when I'm you know sort of at the end of the day like about five o'clock six o'clock and I'm going to start stop working and I'm going to start having you know fun in the evening then I, I do I meditate again then 20 minutes and um I did I don't know why I start. I don't know why I started doing it really I just thought you know well some sort of maybe it's a sort of midlife crisis thing sort of thing um, I wonder if I can get in touch with the divine being um <laughs> <laughs> that uh, you know, manifests in the universe. And uh and what I discovered was actually I was really I was really anxious because my anxiety levels have have really gone down since I started doing it. Um and I've not had any I mean, once or twice when I've been meditating, I've had a kind of, you know, a feeling of well-being during the meditation but most of all it's pretty functional I just sort of you know you just sort of sit there and I do like a silent mind meditation so you're not it's not even mindfulness not even thinking of anything just like what, how there. does silent mind work silent mind one is where you usually use a mantra or you use your breath mm. and then loads of thoughts come into your mind you know I, for a moment I go there and I'm thinking I'm worrying about this and worrying about that and I remember oh, I'm supposed to be meditating this is just a thought this is just a thought and then you kind of you let it go and you go, you know, you sit there for a bit and then something else comes up. I think what it does for me is it releases the anxiety as thoughts that I then kind of remember I'm supposed to be meditating and let let go of. And eventually what happens is your mind just starts to quieten down. Basically, it's just nothing in your head then. And that is... I've rarely ever experienced that. Oh. And I was sitting there like, bloody hell, I'm not even thinking. Oh, God, I'm thinking again. And I think that has really helped... But, you know, what you're doing, you know, that, that kind of... I think sometimes we, we misuse the word meditation, don't we? And you know, kind of think, oh, I've got to be sitting somewhere to meditate. But, you know, when you see a bloke fishing, when you see a, when you see a canal and you see a line of blokes fishing on, on the canal, they're not fishing. Yeah. They're sitting there meditating. People, that's it. And
2: same with religion as well. Yeah. When, every Sunday, if you're a Christian, you go to church, you do a bit of meditation, a bit of singing, let your mind go. That's and, what it is. And, and, you're sitting it is. But, you know, and you're sitting... Sometimes oh, at a football match... Yes. Takes your mind off 90 minutes of hate, a, hating them that, or loving them, whatever it is. A, it's a football
1: match yeah. is almost the definition of a mindfulness yeah. meditation, right? Well, You're I, massively concentrating yeah. on <clears throat> and paying attention mm-hmm. to something yeah. for. That's why you have a break in the middle. No one could no one can pay attention to anything with that long. minutes go 45.
2: Yeah, minutes. Exactly. Have a break. That's have a cup outrageous. Tea get, no get one meditates in. for
1: more than 45 minutes.
2: Uh, I do a podcast called Dear Love Joy starters an agony uncle uh podcast we now interview lots of people like you you must come on it. Yeah. But um I uh, to it one of the people write to me a lot and they say like, I can't I can't do, because I, I talk about mental health, I talk about all sorts of things. They say, I, I'm struggling with meditation because it's quite yeah. a hard skill to do. It is a very I, hard thing I, to I get I always into, say yeah. to them, the first thing you need to do is just go for a walk in nature because it's the same thing. Yeah. And I and I, and I I do think that if ever your mind's racing, if you go for a walk by a river, in a woods, in a field, you can't help but just yeah. let, ooh. And that's one way to really meditate, get back into nature and just sit there and, And watch watch what's going on.
1: How do you balance work and family? So what I do is I abstain from overwork. And I learned to and I started doing it about I started doing it about twenty years ago, abstaining from overwork. So what what that meant to me was that I won't work in the... I had to set myself... To begin with, I had to set myself really strict rules of I won't work in the evenings, I won't work in the early mornings, I won't work at the weekends, I won't work on holidays, and then sort of build it build it up from there. You know what I mean? I mean, mm. it has been baby steps for me. But I had to start really basically like that because I would just... Particularly in my 20s, when there wasn't else a lot else going on in my life, I would spend all my whole time, you know, writing or work, you know, watching movies or doing whatever it was that fed my interest. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And, and, <laughs> that, and I had a really big breakdown, you know. I had a really big breakdown when I was like 30. I had a proper nervous breakdown. I was in my early, very early 30s, about 31, 32, and, and I just stopped functioning. And my father had a nervous breakdown as well around the same age, and I wonder if it is a genetic thing. Mm. So I had to then learn to... I can I'm not I'm not able to manage all of that I have to, to have a, like a manageable amount what, what um, happens with a the breakdown then what, what, what what's, what's actually just happening can't to fun, you yeah, I mean are for, you in bed constantly for me yeah I, know, yeah I mean I just couldn't function so I had to sort of phone every you know I had to phone everybody that I was working with and I just said I can't I can't do anything at the moment I've got to I just have to do nothing I just have to do nothing and I just yeah it was basically be at home eat you know eat food I, I went to you know, counselling. I went and started doing um, cognitive behavioural therapy. I started getting therapy because I, I just couldn't. Func- I couldn't function. I just couldn't do anything, and I knew that. My father had said or said to me, "I had a nervous breakdown. You might have one too." Because he was saying, so, because I think he had the idea that it had happened to him. It could happen. You know, yeah. it could happen to me. That it might be g- genetic in some way, and uh, I don't know if it is or not. But I definitely had one, and I and I then. That's when I had to make a lot of changes in my life. I had to completely rethink what I was doing. What's it like being a man at the moment? It's good times, I think. Do you? I think it's good times. Yeah, okay. I think it's great. I think um, things, possibilities are really, you know. this charity itself is 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 a good thing. You know, Movember. I was going to ask you why do you do Movember. Uh, I mean, probably for the same reason you do my my. Um, you know, my father died of, of prostate cancer and his grandfather died of prostate cancer before him. I've had lots of friends with um, mental health problems, you know, people who friends who have committed suicide. Um, you know, I myself struggle, you know, and, um, you know, I think we, you know, things need to, ch- you know, things need to change. You know, we need to kind of learn to be more open about the fact that that we have you know that we have problems and that we deal with them and that we're stronger and we're better at, at the end of it but that um you know having an issue or having something to deal with is not you know um something to be ashamed of I think that's the point and what I like about Movember as well is it's f- it's fun yeah and accessible and the people behind it is, are real and and you know then it's not you know it's uh, it's got a lot of soul I think that's what I'm trying to say it's got a lot of soul as a charity and you don't f- and it feels like people doing the right things for the right reason you know what I mean Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs learn
2: more at uh1.com
1: How did you enjoy therapy? I love therapy. I'm literally couldn't function without therapy. I'm like, I've (laughs) missed the therapy, and I have since I you know had that breakdown in my in my uh, early 30s. I have I learned the value of therapy, and Mm. I count myself very lucky that it was available for me, and that I you know had some good advice at the right time, and particularly this type of therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, that I really really makes sense to me which is don't change the way you think change the way you behave change your behavior will change your thinking and that is a great gift i've, I've done therapy as well it's, it's learning yeah. how you're working and oh it's brilliant and you it's great
2: idea to talk to friends and family yeah. and get help but what's also a great idea is talking to a stranger because as soon as you talk to a stranger, yeah. they start, you can start working out why you think the way you think and why that may, may be not a good thing or why you're behaving the way you're behaving. And then you, when it dawns on you, you start going, oh, okay, right, that's not a good idea, is it? But no. you just go along subconsciously with the same thought process or same behavior uh, all your life unless someone points out to you what you're doing which is a maybe a, a the wrong thing to do
1: is that yeah, right and some of it yeah i yeah i completely agree and i think also maybe that doesn't work for you you know maybe something else will you know maybe fishing will work for you well i was maybe something say something else one of know. the
2: big things that is always good is exercise always always, always yeah, be yeah. healthy when you're eating don't drink if you're feeling miserable drink and drugs and things are terrible for you because yeah. they'll just they just make everything worse so yeah. so try and stuff those but exercise is always fantastic you do a lot of cycling don't you love cycling See, yeah I yeah. hate yeah. cycling yeah I can't stand it what about yeah I yeah. tried it I cycled from Belgium to London once which was well, uh, more cycling than I've ever
1: done <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder <laughs> no you hate it <laughs> I did I did the side. I like the coffee. I like the coffee. coffee. I I think that's what I really like, (laughs) is the coffee. I just love coffee. And
2: what I like is I I like the outfit. I like the I like the shorts with the pants. No I like the outfit. outfit. I didn't shave my legs, are you shaving your legs for that? No, I don't I don't
1: do all that. I I don't know. I'm a secret lycra man. I put my lycra on and I put a pair of shorts on over the top so no. that no one will know I'm wearing Lycra. I don't know why I'm wearing Lycra, because, because it's supposed to be aerodynamic, so if I'm doing it to wear it under the shirt, yeah. I don't know what's going on, but I can't quite join the Do mammals.
2: It. Brave it. Brave no, it, because yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. like that. And the other bit I like is I like cycling along and then thinking, oh, a bit peckish putting my arm around and getting a banana out of the, <laughs> <laughs> out the back what of my What about those gels? I never discovered those just gels. are disgusting. Gels. You like I've the tried gels. them. I've t- uh, do you like them? Oh my so God, so much sugar those in those things. Yeah. Do you like them? It's pure sugar, thing. jelly. But I found, because I, I was doing this practice to go to um, training to go from Belgium to London. So I started doing a lot. And so I'd go on these four-hour bike rides. Mm. Oh, I was so miserable. Because after a while, you started... you doing it on your own, though. No, I'd do it with people, but I'd be yeah. cycling along and I'd be going, oh, look you would be having a chat. It's actually a good place for a chat, isn't it? It's amazing for that's a That's really that's that's it's what's good about a it. Yeah, I'm to chat with your mates and whatever. And then you, and you yeah. go, "Oh, look, there's a tree, and there's a cow, and there's a yeah. something." Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> all that. And then after two hours, you're like, "There's another bloody tree." And then three hours, you're like, "I'm so bored. I want to throw myself in a hedge." When you got your uh, yeah. midlife crisis and you had your panic attacks and everything else, because you're so scientific, as you can tell, me, you love it, Did, was the first thing you thought, I better start researching this to
1: work out scientifically why my brain is, why I'm emotionally feeling this way? Why? why? No, no, it wasn't. I mean, I think I kind of, uh, no, I, f- I found that um, stories were better, you know, you know, story is, be- better, is a better way of <clears throat> dealing with feeling. I feel like my... You know, your emotional life is better dealt with by movies or stories right. or music. So I, I, another thing I did is I listened to a lot of blues music. I suddenly found that that was really... Because it's also like no one's having a good time in a blues cycle. You go back to the, real, the first recorded blues, so it's not like I wanted to listen to like Delta blues and, you know, Mississippi blues. I wanted to li- listen to like the original stuff. And I found that really 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 helpful. I found that that was more useful to me than reading an article about, you yeah, but know, but surely there post- must be something
2: going on in the chemistry in our bodies when things have anxiety, panic attacks and things. Well, there it must, must be. There, yeah, must, yeah, be, yeah. there, must, there be must be. There must be. But I wouldn't yeah.
1: want a pill. I wouldn't want to take a pill that got got rid of that. I mean, I I yeah. I do believe in that I'm really you know I'm grateful for the crises that I've had have you uh, do you know m- what I mean maybe,
2: maybe too personal question but have you taken uh, antidepressants or I've um, never taken antidepressants no, no
1: I, I I haven't it doesn't no. mean I wouldn't take them if I was prescribed right. them. I, I would mm. and they've been very useful for lots of people I know so mm. you know and I think antidepressants can be particularly good to get you into a place where you can then take other action because the mm. trouble is you're really stuck in a corner and you really can't see a way out you you you've got to do something to kickstart that process. I mean, you know, you know that feeling of hopelessness when you, mm. are, when you are depressed, the feeling that you feel like nothing will work. Well, sometimes an antidepressant can give you that first step on the ladder to then yeah. climb out. One know? of the other
2: things I think you can do is get some discipline in your life. So as you say, 20 minutes for you, 20 minutes meditation every night, 20 yeah. minutes. Uh, for, for me, it was a walk. Every day, first thing I do, get up before I do anything else, go for a walk in the park. And just having that discipline of going, every day I wake up, I do that. And then also make your bed. Even if it's as simple as going... I've got enough strength to make my bed. I've got enough strength to go for a walk in the park. I've got enough strength to just do something, discipline. Yeah. And then you can grow your disciplines. I'll do some yoga. I'll do some something. I'll yeah, do yeah. this. I'll go for a run. I'll go for a cycle ride. And it gives you something to start latching your life back
1: onto again when it all breaks down. Well, you're I think you're making your thing. life, what you're doing is you're making your life a little bit more emotionally manageable. Yeah. Just by doing that, one, that yeah. one thing, that one tiny thing, yeah. like you say, make, making your bed, uh, tidying your sock drawer, whatever it yeah. is, You're just, you're having a notice. Mm. Part of the thing about depression is it's putting in the work and not getting any result. Putting in the work again, not getting any result. Putting in the work again, not getting any result. And you begin to feel like it doesn't matter what I do, everything's going to go to shit. It's nothing's nothing's going to And I think that's why those things are so important. If you can just do, make one tiny part of your life manageable, Mm. you can just straighten your shoes into a line. If you can just make tuck you do you know pull your duvet up over your bed and plump the pillows up you have ma- managed something physically in the world and that this is, goes back to cognitive you know cbt it's action that will change your your thinking then right. your actions will change your thinking Uh, so, Ben, what would the message be about prostate cancer then? Well, I, I mean, personally, I, my, my family uh, with the history of prostate cancer is get yourself tested at 45. Or at least begin a conversation with your doctor at 45 about what you should do. Um, I, I believe it's also recommended if you're black. If you're a black man, you should also consider 45 as the age when you should begin a conversation with your doctor. I think for people without a family history of prostate cancer, 50. So in my case, I'll just tell you what happened to me. I went to my doctor at 45 and said, you know, I've got a family history of prostate cancer. Uh, What would you recommend? We talked it through and I took a PSA test. So a PSA test is just a blood test you give a blood sample i did it as part of a well man test which was a whole range of different things like cholesterol and all kinds of other stuff Uh, they test your blood and they give you a number which is your psa so that'd be your baseline psa Um, and the idea is that if you get tested again and that number's changed if that number's increased that could be an indication that you have uh that you have prostate cancer so it's uh, a blood test um and it can be done as part as you know as i say as part of other uh, other blood tests that are good to get if you're having a health check and um yeah i i, I thought it would involve a, a finger up the bum well when I that's got not what appear i mean a psa i think that's another way to test your prostate is to uh is to manually inspect it and that's where you put your finger up you test see whether the prostate's enlarged or not that wasn't necessarily in my case uh, that wasn't necessarily in my case or wasn't what we decided to do I just had a PSA test I didn't get the choice I just had the finger strapped the bum, Ben really and mm. uh, how was that for you
2: <laughs> 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 thanks so much <laughs> Ben for doing this <laughs> I'm going to leave it on that bomb shot yeah, yeah. that's it cliffhanger Claire. thank you <laughs> change the face of men's health For more information or to support Movember, head to movember.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.